For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. it into Trey. Two seconds one. Trey Slaughter. to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks team coverage podcast, formerly known as Hoop Ball Hawks, where we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I am recording this the day after the first round, game one loss to the Miami Heat on Sunday. So recording this on Monday afternoon, wanted to wait to see what the injury reports came out to be the damage done on both sides, which there was no damage. No one really got hurt. Uh, Bogey is probable for tomorrow. Lou Will is going to be out again, along with Clint Capella for the Hawks. Miami got a lot of people back for game one, but several players are questionable, and one is probable. Bam Adebayo with a left quad contusion. He's questionable. Dwayne Dimon is questionable with a right ankle sprain. Haywood Highsmith is questionable with the left hip flexor. Marquise Morris is questionable with the left hip flexor as well. P.J. Tucker with that right calf strain. And Gabe Vincent, the one player that's probable with a big right toe contusion. So, people banged up. It's playoff basketball. It's going to be a little bit more physical. And, you know, Bogey was unfortunately a casualty of that. But pretty much everyone else was... Relatively healthy was the only, one of the few positives from yesterday because it was not a good performance at all for the Hawks. This is not going to be a long episode. I mean, it's only game one. I talked the last episode that it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough matchup for the Hawks to take on this Miami Heat team. And I'm looking through my notes right now. I mean, both teams came in hot. Like I said, the Heat had won... <laughs> Six of the last seven games coming into the playoffs, and the Hawks nine in the last 11. And this was a Miami team that was going to hold you to very little points. They're going to have a pretty efficient offense, and they're going to have one of the better defenses in the NBA. And, of course, they can scorch you from three-point range, which they totally did in game one, which was one of the things that we had to take care of. If we were going to have a chance to win game one, like I said, less than a two days rest. It's not an excuse, but it's it's a fact. It's a fact. Less than two days rest. You finish a game probably about nine o'clock Eastern time, 10 o'clock Eastern time. Then you got to travel all the way down to Miami. And you don't get a full two days rest with the 
1 p.m. tip-off on that Sunday. And, you know, your legs may not be fully underneath you. You played a heartfelt physical game. Miami had a week of rest, and it led to what happened last night, which was Miami looked fresh. They were excited. They were hosting a home playoff game. I can't tell you the last time, and I think they even said it was – it's been a while since the Heat have hosted – a home playoff game because obviously the bubble year, then they didn't make the playoffs last year or got to the play in. I can't remember what happened with Miami last year, but it they haven't had a chance to play at home uh, in the playoffs. So it was a lot of excitement down in the 305, and it definitely showed with how they performed. A lot of, you know, jaw jacking. I know it's going to be a physical series. You know, Miami was really flexing on a team that was, uh, had to, you know, scratch a claw to get into the playoffs, and they, pretty much been coasting, playing really good basketball as of late. So they really were were flexing on us. And it's going to make for a very interesting game, too. So when we come back after this plug, we're going to talk a couple keys to game two, what to expect, and review a little bit of game one. But as you heard me, let's plug in this real quick. All right, and we are back. There were three main causes to yesterday's loss we're not we already mentioned you know the short rest legs whatnot the rest for Miami but we couldn't make shots Miami played great defense and we didn't guard the three-point line pretty much that was that was it you know you know Miami was outstanding they were locked in they looked like the team that is wanting to make a statement and get back to the NBA finals like they did in the bubble year, kind of proved that it was not a fluke. I, they look like a determined team, and you saw how they came out very energetic. Being the home team, hosting a a, a game one, it, it, it's nothing like it. I don't. I'm not speaking from experience, but you can tell. You know, from the outside looking in, when you see those players and the excitement, and you feel you know the atmosphere through the television screen, or if you happen to go to a game. You know what that atmosphere is like. And it was electric down in Miami. And they just came out and they shot very well. This was the best three-point shooting percentage team in the NBA. They shot 47% from three yesterday. We cannot allow Miami to shoot over 40% from three. We can't. We have to stay attached to the shooters. P.J. Tucker, you know he's going to shoot the three ball. He had 16 points yesterday, 4-4 from three. Jimmy Butler's not known as a three-point shooter, but he was, you know, the the heartbeat of the team yesterday. He was that guy. You know, Duncan Robinson was the X factor in yesterday's win, but Jimmy Butler certainly is the heart and soul of that Miami Heat team with 21 points, four assists, six rebounds, added three steals. So just a, a menace on defense, and the Miami Heat team were menace on defense, how they really pressured. I talked about they're going to throw a lot of defensive looks and schemes to force turnovers, which Hawks had 18 turnovers well above their season average for turnovers. They actually averaged the fewest turnovers per game in the NBA this year. So that Miami defense was real. I mean, we only had 16 team assists. That could be attributed to their defense. 12 steals for the Miami Heat. They won on the glass by two. Not a huge advantage, so I'm not really... I'm set there. The thing that kept the Hawks semi in spitting distance, it really wasn't close. 
I mean, it was just three after three after three and missed shot, turnover, running down, big play for Miami. It was just it was just their day. Their day. Hawks shot really well from the free throw line. Got to the free throw line 27 times, shot 85% from the free throw line. But when you look at the Hawks team shooting under 40%, again, a credit to the Heat defense, 38.7 to be exact, and they were 27.8% from three, which is not going to get it done against the Miami Heat. So, like I said, we got to run the shooters off the three-point line, which we did not in game one. 18 three-pointers made for Miami. As I said before, 47%, you're pretty much going to win if you're above the 45% mark from the three-point line. And it comes down to, I mean, and Hero didn't kill us that game. Hero did not kill us that game. I expect him to have a much better game, too. When you look at his numbers, 3 of 11 from the floor, 0 of 4 from three-point range, five rebounds and five assists. So did do things to contribute to the win, but just not in the scoring column i expect him to be much more aggressive coming off the bench and kind of match the production that duncan robinson gave yesterday again if you were under a rock nine of ten from the floor for duncan robinson off the bench eight three-pointers 27 points as i said his three-point shooting along with the heat defense and then the fact that trey young was not great yesterday his lowest output in his young career in the playoffs, that's what it really boiled down to. I mean, Kyle Lowry, 10 points and nine assists, four rebounds. He had two threes. Bam Adebayo was not crazy yesterday. Six points, five assists, six rebounds. I expect him to probably be a little bit more, have, have a bit more of an impact in game two. And I already said Tucker and Butler's numbers, so. It really just came down to defense, three-point shooting, and then the fact that Trey Young was not great yesterday. Not great. He eight points, six turnovers, four assists. He had more turnovers than assists yesterday. Six rebounds. He added two steals, but it was it was tough going. Tough going. He was one for twelve from the floor, zero of seven from three, six of seven from the free throw line. So. It's Free throw line really helped him out, but a really, really rough day for him. Herter, only eight points, only had eight field goal attempts, made two three-pointers. That's somebody who we would like to get going a little bit more. DeAndre Hunter, pretty solid in 35 minutes, 14 points, six of eight from the floor, hit both of his three-pointers. He was one of the bright spots. If we can get him into a rhythm, you know, he can build upon his performance in game one. That could be something to look out for in game two. I'm really excited to see how DeAndre Hunter is going to show up. A Congo in the start, 21 minutes, three points, four fouls, seven rebounds. Not his best day. Not his best day. He had one of the worst plus minuses on the team. It's, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. First playoff start for real for Okongwu. So, we're going to cut him some slack. Gallinari was a bright spot, 17 points, 5 of 12 shooting from the floor, 1 of 3 from 3, 5 rebounds for Gallo. John Collins was back. He looked pretty good in 10, 21 minutes of play, 10 points, 4 of 6 from the floor, 1 of 2 from 3, 4 rebounds. He's going to be a big piece going forward to see, hey, 
you know, how what can we get from John Collins? How healthy is he? Can he be that guy that was averaging well above 20 points against this Miami Heat team? Are we have to give him the ball, have to get him in rhythm. I'm excited to see how we utilize him in game two. Will he come off the bench? Will he start? We don't know at this point, but we know that he's not on the injury report today. Bogey is, who had a pretty bad game, six points, 0 of 8 from the floor, all of 4 for 3. So free throw line saved him as well. Just a poor shooting day. You needed, you know, Trey Young and Gallo to show up. And when they combined for 14 points and combined from the floor, 1 for 20, you're not going to win. You're not going to win that game at all. I expect bigger games from Bogey. I expect more ball movement. I expect some adjustments, especially offensively. When you know how Miami's going to pressure them in the backcourt, especially Trey Young, you're going to have to get Herder. You're going to have to get Bogey when he's on the floor with Trey. You're going to have to get Hunter a little bit, you know, further, closer to midcourt to make it easy to have outlets. Bring Okongu up and set it up and then have him flashback down to the post. Little things, that's what's going to have to happen in order for us to steal one in Miami in game two. I think the Hawks are going to play much better. It's game one, flush it. I said on the last episode, game one, who plays the harder, who executes more, is going to win the game. Miami did that. It was extremely evident when you look at the numbers and watch the, rewatch the game. But... Game two is about making adjustments, and I think that the Hawks, you know what, got hit in the mouth. You got hit in the mouth, you got knocked down in game one. How are you going to respond? What adjustments are you going to make? This is going to be on Coach Naaman Mellon. I know there is a contingency on Twitter that always says, fire Naaman Mellon. I am not on that boat at all. I do think, again, this offseason, we need to rethink our staff, our coaching staff, especially looking for a an assistant that is offensive-minded that can just run, create plays, create sets to get players and spots to generate easier offense and easier reads and easier looks for Trey Young. Maybe get Trey Young in some off-ball situations, get him some clean looks from three, and be even more of an impact, even though he's improved on from the three-point line this year. But what adjustments are you going to make for game two? I think... Defensively, we're going to have to make an adjustment. And you may attribute to effort, which you can, you know, fault the legs for the Hawks having to go through the play-in tournament. But the Hawks brought that on themselves. So they, it is what it is. They went to game one, didn't necessarily have the legs. I know Gallinari said, we just weren't ready to play. There's no excuse. We don't, there wasn't a reason why. He didn't want to attribute to lack of rest or whatnot. He just said that we weren't ready to play. I expect the Hawks to be ready to play game two. I think the keys are, I think Bogey's going to have a much better game. I think Trey's going to have a much better game. But it needs to be a situation where Trey does, you know, be Trey Young, go out there, score points, get everybody involved, cut down the turnovers. But we're going to have to make things easy for him. The Gallinari's, the Okongwu's, just being a presence, flashing, giving him an outlet to maybe run something else off of Okongwu in the post. You know, Hunter, like I said, eight, six of eight from the floor, 14 points last game. Can he continue to be in a rhythm? 
Herter give him some more opportunities, especially in the mid-range. He's going to have a size advantage on whoever he guards. I think we need to utilize Kevin Herter more in the post, in the mid-range game. Let him get some looks, get some easy baskets, get to the free throw line in the mid-range game, and then pop out from three and have him shoot some from back there. John Collins, continue to get healthy, continue to get back in the rhythm. 10 points in 21 minutes and four rebounds. It's nothing to sneeze at after not playing 18 games. I'm excited to see how John Collins responds tomorrow night. And after that is, you know, who else is going to step up? DeLon Wright defensively. You know, TLC when he's in defensively, maybe knocking down some shots, some threes from him. Kevin Knox had a decent five minutes yesterday. 10 points, two rebounds. He was 3 or 5 from the floor, 2 or 4 from 3. It was in garbage time, but hey, there's something else there. That's another body. I mean, even though he hasn't played a lot of minutes for the Hawks, who knows? Jalen Johnson only played 5 minutes in garbage time yesterday, but we need to potentially utilize him. We need to, you know, mix things up, make some adjustments, you know, really help out Okongu. He had 4 fouls yesterday. We have to keep him out of foul trouble. We have to throw a lot of bodies at Bam Adebayo, who did not have a great game. I expect Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero to definitely have better games in game two. Duncan Robinson may not have 27 points again, but we certainly should not slack off from him beyond the three-point line. Uh, Max Truss, we can't slack off of him. I mean, we have to guard the three-point line way better. I said this coming into the series. We have to guard the three-point line, and that is the biggest adjustment. It's just staying attached to the shooters, giving that effort on the defensive end, match the intensity that Miami is bringing defensively. Hey, if they hit you in the mouth defensively, you're going to have to dig down, slap the floor. You're going to have to defend as well, get in their grill, make an effort on that end, force some turnovers to get some easier looks in transition so you can get some easy baskets and not give Miami a chance to get set on defense. It's going to be a fun game, too. I think the Hawks have a really good... I think they're going to play much better. I think they have a really good shot at winning that game tomorrow night. They're a seven-point underdog. It's a 7.30 TNT, which gives me hope. Game. Hawks do play a lot better on TNT. I just want to see them play with more effort, execute offensively, make some adjustments to help out Trey Young, and get some other people some clean looks in their spots to really make Miami guard everyone else. They keyed in on Trey Young and shut down everything else yesterday, snuffed it out. That's why the assist numbers were really low. We got lucky again when we beat Cleveland with the low assist numbers. We, 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 we're not going to be fortunate again. We weren't fortunate on Sunday afternoon. So 7.30 game tomorrow night on TNT. I can't wait to see how the Hawks respond. I think they're going to play much better. I think it's going to be a much closer game. And who knows? If we can steal game two in Miami, coming back to the State Farm Arena where the Hawks have played very well, it can make things very interesting, especially thinking with more games under his belt, how's John Collins going to look? Once they start figuring out some things defensively, to break down that defensive pressure of Miami. You know, can we get a big game from Herter? Can we get a DeAndre Hunter game, a Gallo game, a better Gallo game than game one, even though he was our leading scorer? Can we get Okongwu with 
16 points and 12 rebounds and two blocks. Can we get those performances? Can't, who is going to step outside outside of Trey Young? As we saw, when Bogey and Trey are shut down, the offensive is just stall and it just crashes and it's a beat down, no runner on the side of the road. We are not that team. We are not that team. We hadn't been that team for the last month and a half. That's why we've won nine of the last 11, sorry, nine of the last 12 now. But we're trending in the right direction. We need to play Hawks basketball. We need to play inspired on the defensive end, have that energy, have our legs underneath us. We need to move the ball offensively, change the vantage point, and give some people some clean looks outside of Trey and Bogey so that when the time comes and they are staying attached to a herder who's been giving them buckets or a hunter or a Congo who's been a monster on the glass, it opens up things for Bogey and Trey to do Bogey and Trey things and make big shots and big moments. It's going to take all of us. So I'm excited to see what tomorrow night brings. And if you love what you heard from me today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share to tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. Share with fellow Hawks fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans, basketball fans, you name it. Follow us on Twitter at EatThoseHawks on Twitter. That is at EatThoseHawks on Twitter. And then follow myself on Twitter, Brad Jarrett. Six seven. That is Brad J A R R E T T six seven. I was gonna be negative. Y'all know how I do. I'm not gonna beat up on this team. It's game one. We have a possible three more games. Minimal. Sorry. Minimal three more games to correct this and give better efforts on the court. I know for damn sure that game two is gonna be a much better effort from the Hawks. So don't count us out now. Watch game two. I promise you, I can guarantee you a much better effort and a much better game for the Atlanta Hawks. And I'm excited to see what product they put on the floor tomorrow night and what adjustments this coaching staff and especially Naaman Millen is going to do. All eyes on you, Nate. A lot of, lot of negative chatter from some fans about you. I support you. Make me right. Make this team right. And let's go on and steal a game in Miami. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.